It's Off Exit 10, presented by Capital District Sport and Fitness. Just talk, like, kids do funny things in the gym yeah. all the time. All the time. Uh, like, ev every day. But we low-key do real funny shit, too. And Sam did real funny shit yesterday. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> it's relatable, though. It is relatable. Wait, what did you do yesterday? So yesterday, Sam... So we got our new house. And Sam's been buying shit like crazy off Facebook Marketplace. Oh, yeah, that's right. I remember this now. So I was going to go with her, but I, I never do shit like that. So she went by herself to do a, a Marketplace pickup. What did you get? Chairs? Yeah, bar stools. Bar stools. And she came back, and it was a su successful pickup. But she walked into the gym. She's like, hey. I was like, me, Sam, and like two adults and a high school girl. She's like, hey, I got the chairs. She's like, but just to be safe, look what else I brought. And she's like, Pulled out a fucking screwdriver out of her pocket. Specifically a flathead. A flathead. That was a flathead. A long flathead. What was what? my self-defense in case I needed it? But I could have taken the guy that was selling the chairs. He, he was dorky? Yeah. You could have taken him? I think that, Sam, you could probably take most people. <laughs> I don't know about <laughs> like, that. I agree, but that's why you can't mess with people. You don't, you don't know who yeah. knows karate. You, you don't know now. <laughs> Especially now with Cobra Kai. You have no idea who knows karate. Or know? MMA. You can have some little guy. Yeah. And you have no idea he what he knows. Put you on a fucking rear naked choke. Next thing you know, you're fucking passed out and you don't know where you are. And you'll be done. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I've never taken a screwdriver with me to a marketplace pickup. That's for sure. Well, you're also not female, so not have really you ever worried gone, about those things. Have you ever gone to a marketplace pickup? That's the question. I've done one and I've taken zero screwdrivers okay. to them. <laughs> was Dan with you? No. So you were by yourself? No, Dan was probably with me. Okay. I was going to say, so you had protection. Even <laughs> one of the high schoolers was like, it's always the buddy rule. Well, like, can't believe you sent her by yourself. Yep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I do distinctly remember that. Yeah. Yeah, this <laughs> like, is real. He's like, we always make sure we have two people going. It's the body system. Body if system. Got, if you don't have two people, you, you don't go. One, you got one screwdriver. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's your buddy, the screwdriver. That's your buddy, man. Uh, but guys, we have Samantha Serrani with us here today. Um, she is my wife, but she has a lot we can learn from. She's a registered dietitian, um, so she's worked with a ton of different clients just educating them about nutrition, helping them make their bodies healthier and, and make changes to their bodies that, that they want to live a happier and, and healthier life. Um, but she's also done it for real with, with her own body. She's competed in powerlifting competitions and won powerlifting competitions and competed in, in figure competitions. So, so she's really used nutrition to make changes to her own body and, and, and learn about that. Um, so I just kind of want to start there and, and talk about you when you're powerlifting and figure competitions and and I guess just like the impact that's had on how you think about working with people and, and, and with food in general and people's relationship with that. Um, it's definitely made me more sensitive when I'm talking to specific people about diet because it can be a sensitive topic. So just being mindful of how I approach things, right. when, especially when I'm working with females, mm -hmm. not mentioning it's more about, okay, you need to fuel your body with quality foods, whole foods. It's not about like you need to restrict this, cut out this do this. And I try to make sure that they're not tracking 
obsessively or doing any of that. Right. It's like people like to go to extremes. And like you took yourself to an extreme with that figure competition. And you're probably like, why the fuck would somebody want to do this in their regular life? Like this is miserable. But yet people think that's like where you need to where you need to go, right? I can say I would never do it again. Right. Well, why do people it think? It was brutal. I mean, it's just you're taking yourself to a level that unless you're genetically blessed is not really a sustainable lifestyle. Right. But people think they need to, to go there to look a certain type of way. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then you, you disregard the, the mental, the psychological effects that that, that could have. Well, in the, when you're in it, yeah, you're totally disregarding anything that your brain's telling you as far as this probably isn't the best for me in the long run to be this restrictive. Right. But you're so focused on the goal. Right. So it doesn't matter at that point. Right. And then it's like after it happens, like post, you're just like immediately putting on 10 pounds and you're like why is that happening and then you start to go back in that restrictive cycle again it's just finding that balance is pretty hard especially when you've just seen your body go to that limit like what's some of the crazy stuff that you did when you look back and you're like hey <laughs> i ate a lot of broccoli a lot of steamed broccoli i would eat like six i would hard boil six eggs like every morning take out the yolks just eat that broccoli and then I wasn't allowed to drink so I just would drink tequila on the, on so the you, rocks you weren't allowed to drink but I but. drank <laughs> you found ways around it well we were living in Boston at the time so a lot of happy hours and I wasn't gonna like not go to happy hour you still gotta enjoy I life. still had to live a little bit but I would just drink tequila on the rocks it's not enjoyable no not by any means listen I don't I don't like tequila with anything yeah so I'm a tequila guy, so yeah, you are a big tequila guy, Paul. Can't can't relate. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> um, but okay, you go through all that, you do these extremes. Like, is the reward is the reward worth it in the end? Now, the farther away I am from that, I would say no. Um, but I, right after, I think there was probably a two or three year span where I was like, I could look like that if I just tried harder. And right. that's where it just, you go down a rabbit hole. Right. But when I reflect on it now, it's like, I took my body from, I mean, I wasn't, I was powerlifting then, so it was like maybe 118 pounds, and I was like 100 pounds when I competed. And I lost that in three months, so. That's it's wild. Ex it's extreme. Do you, do you feel like, even and though. I don't think I've weighed 100 pounds since middle school. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's put some perspective on it. Do you feel like, though, even though the negative mental aspect of it, obviously, that happened, like, with the nutrition and, like, trying to restrict yourself again, do you feel like there are certain aspects mentally, as far as being able to push yourself to that mo point, that have helped you later on, as far as being able to push yourself to that extreme? I would say no, because it brings you right back into that cycle. Okay. I would say mentally powerlifting probably had more of what you're... Mm -hmm. getting at for me because you just see how much like strength you're gaining versus like I was essentially withering away I wasn't getting stronger I was just getting leaner yeah right that's like performance goals are so much more important than does that make sense 
yeah it, it just has so much more longevity in your life and I think in your in your happiness too like we see it with athletes and like high level athletes who are like I want to have a six pack I'm like oh well like I don't know if that's going to give you that contract that that you want yeah uh yeah it's it's just like that's a that's a mind state that I think is tough to break and and I don't know why nutrition it's just all of it is so so psychological like going into school for nutrition did you think you were going to be basically doing psychology with people um I mean yeah we have essentially one counseling class that we went through and a lot of it's just a science-based I do feel like we probably could have done a lot more like a minor in psych honestly or just counseling techniques one class probably isn't enough because you're dealing with a lot of emotions around food there's people view food differently so like either they have an emotional response to it where they're binge eating um, because they're sad or they're not eating because they're sad there's just so much attachment to food emotionally that I don't think we're necessarily prepared for until you're out doing it right in the real world I mean I have an emotional attachment to food like I'll eat it I'll eat when I'm stressed I'll eat when I'm happy like I just like food so mm -hmm. like you know whether it's good or bad but in the grand scheme of things like you said everybody has a different you know, mind state when it comes to food and like mm -hmm. how they use it to either cope, whether it's when they're stressed, when they're happy, whatever it is, you know, like there's different ways that people use food to cope with things and yeah. it can be good or bad, you know, yeah. usually bad. I mean, food can cause like a dopamine response in your brain. So. Oh, well, most definitely. It's such an important part of our culture. It's like, think about us tonight recording this podcast. We're like, hey, we're going to get some pizza. We're going <laughs> to eat this pizza. You get excited. We're going to get some drinks. It, yep. It's nice, but I, I guess it's finding that that balance and helping people find that where where you know they're able to enjoy those things but still be able to to stay healthy and stay on track um, so it has to be tough that's to be tough to work through people and 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 work through all of that you know what else drives me crazy with nutrition it's just people's idea of nutrition or nutrition coaches like this feels a clusterfuck like regardless of if you're a strength coach, a personal trainer, a nutritionist, like let's say you're going to be a teacher, like you just can't walk into a first grade classroom and say, okay, I'm your teacher. Like there's a lot of schooling and there's licenses and there's training and there's student teaching. But in this field, you can take a weekend course and show up to a gym on fucking Monday and be a, and be a trainer. And now you're in charge of people's bodies. It's crazy. And it's one thing that drives me crazy in this field is just the lack of standards. So I feel like people get confused often of, I'm a nutrition coach, I can help you, versus I'm a registered dietitian, I can help you. Mm -hmm. um, explain, explain the difference so people understand. So a registered dietitian or dietitian um, would be someone that has had a minimum of four years bachelor's degree. Now it's actually, you have to get a master's. Um, so that's the biggest difference, and we have to take a national boards exam. So for someone to call themselves a nutritionist or a nutrition coach or a health coach, they could take one test online. And some people don't even do that. They might call themselves nutritionists just because they've read a few books. Right. But yeah, it, 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 drives, it drives me crazy. And listen, I'm sure some of those people are, are very good on the psychological side and they still can help people and get results. But when it comes to what happens when something turns south or somebody has disease, it's like you need to know what to do. That's where it gets tricky because it's, I remember when I was doing like one of my certifications for precision nutrition level two, there was um, an individual in there who was coaching someone with kidney disease and I w almost lost it. I was like, you should not 
be dealing with this. Wait, this person you was, are so unequipped for this. This person wa- wasn't a dietitian. No, they were just uh, a, nu- a nutrition coach. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's so many things that go into like renal nutrition. There's labs you have to look at and if they're on dialysis or not. Like there's so many different things. And then you're going to give them uh, 150 grams of protein and just destroy everything. Like, right. no. Right. That, that's, that's the tough part. Somebody comes in with a health history, health history. Like we live in the United States. Like you're going to have some pre-existing conditions. You're Something. Gonna, uh, high blood pressure, pre-diabetes, diabetes, uh, you, heart you, disease. Heart disease. It's like name it, high cholesterol. Like you're likely, if you're an adult in this country, you're, unless you take care of yourself, right. you're coming to the table with something. And if you're going to see a nutritionist, you're coming to the table with something. Um, so it's tough when you take that person with disease looking for help and you're like, all right, here are your macros. Let's get to work. It's like, ugh. It's more than that. It is more than that. Yeah. I mean, the other thing too is everyone thinks they know everything about nutrition yeah it's a yes. weird like everyone's thing. an expert it's when we have some parents that come in here and they they're on a low-carb diet and they're like oh they should be on a low-carb diet and I'm like they're literally doing like four practices a day like they're going from dance to soccer to something else they do not need to be on a low-carb diet they Opposite. need carbs right that's fueling them mm-hmm. it's not it's people just essentially want to eliminate whole food groups or whole macronutrients. Mm-hmm. Like people get so emotionally attached. Well, and we see it in here even with like some of the high school kids that are like so worried more about like how they look. And I'm like, well, what's the point of you coming in here? You're coming in here to, to get better at your sport. And then, you know, I used to use the analogy with like when I lived, when I was in New York City with a lot of my clients, I'm like, you know, yeah, looking like Arnold or these bodybuilders is great and all, but is it functional? And do you really want to look like that? Or would you rather look like somebody like one of these NFL running backs? And I'm like, when you think of the guys that we get in here that want abs or girls that want abs or whatever, like all these athletes train the way that we're training them and they get there. Right. But they don't see that. They think they just see whatever they see on social media, Instagram, on TV, these guys training with their shirt offs, whatever. Like when you look at like professional athletes, they all train, you know, similarly to the way that we train kids in here or athletes in here. But it's just to a different level because they're obviously on a professional level, so it's a little might be slightly different. But a lot of the exercises they're doing are the same, just more advanced. Right. And they're getting those quote unquote aesthetics because of, you know, proper nutrition that you're talking mm-hmm. about, like fueling your body, not eating to become aesthetic. Fuel your body. And then doing the workouts that are gonna help you with your performance and then lead into that as well. And it, it's tough because we do see that in here. Like with like countless times I have you know, kids coming up to me and asking me about what should my macros be? What should this be? How much protein should I be eating? And I'm like, listen, I'm like, whatever your goal is, you know, we'll work around it and you know, focus on this, focus on that, whatever it is, X, Y, Z. But like, don't, don't harp on like counting things. Like it's not, yeah, not right. the be all end all. Right. Like what, what are the bigger rocks that you'd like to see moved or addressed first before somebody gets in to counting? Like make sure you're doing X, Y, and Z. And then maybe we'll look at that. I mean, it varies. I feel like, for, especially when I see some of the clients here. Yeah, give me just. I've like, noticed that females tend to not eat a lot of protein. Males will either they're on that side or they're eating just like all protein and nothing else. No vegetables, no fruits. It's just straight protein. 
Um, so it just comes down to essentially balancing your plate. So you want to make sure you're having all the food groups at your – anytime you sit down. The only time I might say is a little bit more difficult would be breakfast. It's like right. you can't always – depending on what you're eating for breakfast, an omelet with vegetables and like a piece of toast would be the only way you're going to get a protein – a right. carb, a fat. Right. So you're saying, but like people don't eat omelets every day. Right. Omelets are nice though. Omelets are nice. I love omelets. Love me a nice omelet. I love pancakes. Pancake. French Wa- toast is better than pancakes though. French toast, pancakes, or waffles. French toast. Waffles. I'm going. Fr- one. I'm going French toast. French toast all the way. I made pancakes last night. But I did see French toast waffles recently, and I was like, I might need to try this because this could be a game changer. Breakfast is my favorite meal of the day. You? Breakfast food is my favorite food. Right. I wouldn't say breakfast is my favorite meal today because I, sometimes I don't eat breakfast till like 11. So like, is that really breakfast? It's like yeah, a brunch. That's true. You know. That's so. true. I'll do, I'll do BFD every day. I'll do breakfast for dinner always. Oh, I any time of the, any, any, I did it last night. Literally, last night. Breakfast for dinner. Oh, it's the best. It's the best. It's, it's the great. best. But Sam, looking at the plate every meal. So you're saying you want to look at your plate <laughs> and you want, to, you want to see what? Break it down. You want to see a carb, a protein, and a fat. In any type of ratios? Um, I would normally recommend. It depends. Um, but most of the time, it's a quarter of your plate would be protein, a quarter would be carbs, and the rest should be vegetables right. and maybe a little bit of fruit. That's where people go wrong. Yeah, no one eats enough vegetables. Yeah. And within that, though, like within the carbs and the protein, they'll get a lot of the times they'll get their fats through that, right? Yeah. So, unless you know, they're eating fucking chicken and rice. Yeah, I mean, they're getting a little bit from the chicken, but... but not a lot. Not really. People get into that extreme, too. It also too. depends on how you're preparing the food, too. So, True. like, if you're making steamed vegetables versus, like, sautéing them in the pan, you're going to get some olive oil or oil that you're sautéing in. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. But people get in that other extreme, too. And I was there for a bit in college where it's like I was so obsessed. I get obsessed with things, man. Yes. yes. I get so obsessed. Yes. I get whatever I'm doing. That's why you don't gamble. I said that today. Yep. You guys talking about gambling. I was like, I can't because I get so obsessed with whatever I'm doing. I win once and it's like, phew, be dangerous. It'd be so dangerous. But yeah, I was like that with food. Like I was so obsessed with eating paleo. I went through a paleo phase. I don't even know why. Some other jack guy in college was like, I eat paleo. And I was like, ah, I want to look like you. I'm going to do that too. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like plain chicken and vegetables and plain <sighs> beef. And it, yeah. Sounds terrible. Terrible. It Sounds awful. Awful. <laughs> Awful. It's like I wasn't enjoying everything I was eating. I'm trying to scarf this down. But do you see that too, Sam, or no? Like why are they just obsessive? Or just like they don't even appreciate like how food tastes or Oh, I feel like that's how you are. (laughs) But there are definitely people who view food just as sustenance. They don't need it to taste good. They just need it. Like for fuel. Remember when Soylent was like popular and it was like Mm -hmm. advertised to tech people because they didn't have they didn't have time to eat so they would right. just drink soylent what's soylent it's essentially like a meal replacement that just has all this. of your um macronutrients and micronutrients in it and you just drink it that it's sucks. gross it's disgusting but it was marketed to people who essentially just did not care food? if food tasted good or not right. it was just oh i need food to live right it's mind-blowing I enjoy food. I love food way too much. Not way too much. I just love food. I love food way too much. Yeah, I feel like Mike, essentially, you just look at it like 
I'm not supposed to roast you on this. But uh, roast away, man. <laughs> Mike just looks at it as I have to eat something. So, And he I'm, makes some weird combinations. He may make some weird combinations, but I think he enjoys it. Some, I enjoy at it. At least sometimes. No, he does. He thinks it tastes amazing. And right. I'm like, so, so he's not eating it just for fuel. He's enjoying it, but like it, it's just some weird concoctions that you know the normal person might not yeah. put together. But that's just because he's trying to get all the food that he didn't eat throughout the day. So I have, a, I have yet to meet like somebody that truly doesn't enjoy the taste of food though that looks it's well, very like few and far between yeah, unless you got covid and you can't taste then <laughs> and then, then you're fucked <laughs> and that's and that if, but. and sometimes if they are thinking that way it might be a sign that they have some type of disordered eating because they're just right. like oh I'll, I'll eat chicken and rice and broccoli every day right and that's fine i'm gonna look great yeah. right well and i remember like when i got like very into like my fitness and things like that obviously instagram and everything I would be watching this one guy, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, and you know, I used to model his workouts. He had a similar body type to mine, at least that's what I thought anyway. And I'm like watching him and like his workouts were great and he literally said he eats for fuel. Like he doesn't eat for enjoyment. And I'm like so in my head at that time, you know, this could have been this probably was like six, seven, eight years ago, something like that. Seven years ago probably now at this point. I don't know what year we're in at the, now. Um and when I was living in New York and like, I was like, oh, that, that's how I should be viewing food. And then when I tried to do that, I was like, no, this isn't, this isn't how I should be viewing food. I'm like, this is not good for my mental state. And so like I tracked, ca- you know, calories, macros, all that for probably literally like three or four years, almost straight. Like there'd be breaks here and there for like a week, but I never felt like I was like restricting myself when I was doing it. Cause I didn't view it that way. I just viewed it as a way to hold myself accountable. But no, not most people don't do that, right? Like we're like we're bashing on that. But like Sam, when's a place in time where you will you'll want to have somebody track? Because that's a real thing. And like being a caloric deficit works for weight loss, and being in a caloric surplus, it's obviously going to work for weight gain. When's the time where you say, okay, let's track? So, I've noticed a lot here. I use it more for if they need to eat more, because okay. a lot of the guys think they're eating a lot but they're not yeah right we'll talk to a high school baseball kid yeah i'm like you like, need i'm like track see how much four thousand calories are yeah you're not eating four thousand calories. and you know right you know right when you're like you're small talking like, what do you have for breakfast i had toast and peanut butter you're like that's it <laughs> like no fucking way you're four thousand calories no. with and, toast and peanut butter no and way. i i mean here i don't get a lot of weight loss people i have a couple um we have done a little bit of tracking, but if I do have somebody do that, I, it's just to gauge what that amount of food looks like. Right. And I also talk to them about like volume of food too, so ways to make yourself feel fuller. Um, so loading up on non-starchy vegetables, mm-hmm. things that are high in fiber that'll fill you up, mm-hmm. but they're not providing you with a bunch of calories. Right. So if you're eating, like some people get caught up in like, they're tracking and they're like, oh, I'm eating this many calories, but they're literally just eating protein and like maybe a little bit of vegetables and then like trying to get those carbs. Right. So that adds up quick. So it's like, okay, you need to rebalance that out. So you should be having way more vegetables than you should of those other two macronutrients. Yeah. Like what are other tricks to help with like satiety? So like the like like feeling full. Cause I remember when I was trying to gain weight, somebody once told me like just eat fast and beat your brain signals. Like, is there truth to that, or is I just a dumb college kid? No, I mean, that's definitely true. You're beating your um, 
your hormones that tell you you're full right. that doesn't give them enough time to register that like oh i'm full so if you eat really fast you're I mean, you'll feel full at some point, Oh yeah. but you at that point have consumed more calories than you need before your body could register that and be like, oh, you need to slow down. Right. No shit. But yeah, no shit. I, I just, that, that makes a lot of sense in my, for my own personal I mean, body. Yeah. The biggest <laughs> thing about feeling full though is proteins. You always have to pair things together. What do you mean? So if you're eating, um, so say you're sitting down for a snack, like you got hungry, mm-hmm. and someone's just like, oh, I'm going to have this apple. An apple's not going to fill you up. You have to pair it with like a fat, so you're going to pair it with peanut butter or something, and you'll feel fuller. So you have to pair either, if you're going to have a fruit or a non-starchy carb, like carrots and celery, you need to pair them with either a carb or a protein or a fat. Like they need to be paired together. Right. And it's also better for your blood sugar, so you're not eating a bunch of grapes your blood sugar's spiking versus if you had a little bit of fat it kind of makes that curve not as dramatic right yeah that makes sense are there other tips and stuff or like tricks like to help you with like those hunger sensations or feeling or feeling full um i mean the other one would be that i tell a lot of weight loss clients is just eating your um vegetables first i'm going to talk about vegetables so much but eating your protein and vegetables first then having your carb but you need to load up on those things right that way they're not calorie dense you're eating those things first but because they're fibrous and they're going to pull that water in they're um you're going to feel fuller faster right people got to learn to cook that i'm i'm not the one to talk (laughs) but like vegetables are fucking boring everybody should agree with that i i fucking Right, fully agree. Dan, Dan Jones would agree with that. Oh Dan my Jones, gosh! Does Dan Jones eat vegetables? Smoke is thrown. Barely. <laughs> One. He eats Caesar salads. Oh is Jesus! It, is it just lettuce? It's romaine lettuce. Is it romaine lettuce and the Caesar dressing? Like, is that it? <laughs> Aren't there anchovies Chick- in that? And chicken, usually. <laughs> That's not a vegetable. Sorry. No, it's not. But I'm saying, like, <laughs> it's literally romaine lettuce. But okay, give me what's one quick way you can make vegetables easy and taste better and easier to consume we've done stuff before in like a pan in the like, oven with like spices and like yeah i mean it's all about spices so if right. you like like southwest not southeast what am i trying to say mm-hmm. like tex-mex style you could add some cumin or other things to it to make it a little bit more tasty but it's all about spices right um i enjoy vegetables for the most part i mean steamed vegetables can get pretty boring but even if you're just like sauteing them or making like a stir fry and there's like soy sauce and stuff in there it's pretty tasty yeah i'm a, I'm a big like if i'm gonna cook vegetables i'm more of like the saute stir fry yeah. like i feel like that gives a little more taste to the vegetables even though i don't eat that many right i love but condiments I, I mean condiments yeah. condiments make everything better but yeah. then if you're adding the condiments is that really what's the point of eating? i might as well just have french fries at that point <laughs> I, I, I would like to track the calories I consume in condiments every week. It's probably fucking there's disgusting. Not, no, there's not that. I mean, ketchup, uh, yeah, but your mustard doesn't really have. There's but not that many. What about like barbecue? No. Like does barbecue he, sauce? Does yeah. he do barbecue sauce? No, a lot of ketchup. Okay, jeez. Because I'm more of a barbecue fan, so that's where I get in trouble. <laughs> yeah, I, I, barbecue. Fu- I'm getting judged right now by everybody. I'm not judging you. I put ketchup on my eggs. I put ketchup I on my eggs. I put ketchup on okay. my eggs. Okay. So I, I, I had an egg sandwich today. Salt, pepper, ketchup. No. What's weird is just the amount of ketchup you use. Well, let's I'm obsessive. Let's put it, I said I'm obsessive about things. Ketchup's one of those things. He, he puts a lot of ketchup on the plate, but he doesn't use it all. No. It goes to waste and it bugs me. <laughs> it bugs me too. I go, how could I not eat all this? And I see it at the end. 
fucking down the drain. Yeah, because you put like a half a cup of ketchup on your plate. <sighs> Mike, I'm sorry. I said no bullying earlier, but it, it it's just, hard. It, it, t- it took a dark turn. I'm fucking teased. I'm teased already. It's okay though. Paul took the hit last time, so it's, it's your yeah. turn. Yeah, this you is know. true. I can wear it. Yep, wear it on the sleeve. You know, I, I, I can take it though. But no, man, nutrition is so important. It should be talked about more. Like we should address it more with people on here. Like, like we, we do our best, but like it really is a good. It's almost like a. It's like a power up for reaching your goals. Like you can bust your ass in the gym, but okay, let's power it up with your nutrition and like, like let's get there faster or or let's do it in a more sustainable way. Like if we add in nutrition for whether it's fat loss or for performance or for mass gain. Um, it's just not talked about enough. Yeah, I mean, here I think a lot of the discussion, especially since we're so, like, high school, college athlete-focused, is it should be more on fueling your body, not on the aesthetic goals. It shouldn't shouldn't always be that, and then just the aesthetic goals, they come come with it? Yeah, but people have to understand that genetics also play a role in that. Like, if you're not, like, you were never lean, you're not built to be that way and it's the cost of being lean like when i was competing was essentially eating nothing you're saying you're, you're saying your genetics My th- genetics they're not meant not for that great. <laughs> no i'm just kidding you're saying sorry family <laughs> your dad's like fucking what she said oh he knows <laughs> my mom that'll be upset no but you're saying your genetics your body's not meant to go all the way that far on the that low of a body fat and you took it there and that came with a cost is that what you're saying yeah it definitely did yeah you have to look at your genetics if your parents don't have a six-pack naturally or didn't when they were younger it's probably going to be a little bit harder but you can do things to to make yourself feel better and look better just by right working like, out like that shouldn't be discouraging but you, you shouldn't be i don't think like, a lot of people go into it for the body image purposes mm-hmm. they're not going in it to be like i want to just be that comes with maturity i feel like just wanting to be well, healthy does covid change that though and and make people want that earlier i mean as it's far real. as being healthy yeah i mean it's no i think people are still just so self-absorbed that's in, how, in instagram that's and looking absurd. like an instagram model so and all that stuff that it doesn't well that's the other thing too is they look at that and they think it's healthy it might not be it right. might not be. Well, and you, you don't t- know what that per- – like they might show you a day in the life, but you actually don't know what a day in the life is. Right. And it's funny you say that because I just saw something. Somebody posted it and it was like – and she's some sort of registered – like she's actually like – she's like you are. Like done schooling, like done all the shit she's supposed to do, not just read a book, right? And she was like – just because somebody shows you a day in the life of their eating doesn't mean that's going to work for you. It's not going to work for everybody. They're just showing you what they do. Yeah, like, well, that's it. But people market it as if this is all going to work for you. And right. that's not the case when it comes down to it and whatnot. So it, yeah. it's crazy. The other thing, too, is when you see stuff on social media, you're, people just get so caught up in what worked for them. Mm-hmm. That might not work for you. Right. Well, and when you were talking about the maturity thing, I got a text message from one of my best friends that I lived with in New York today. And he was talking to me about how, like, he changed up his entire workout routine from what he used to do because he just fell out of love with, like, what made him love working out. And before, for him, it was just chasing a pump, being aesthetic, like, getting big arms, like, being super strong. And now, like, for him, it's more that other route. And he's 23 or 24. So he's, you know, still relatively young, obviously, and 
he's like, I revamped my whole workouts to include X, Y, and Z with every workout. And now I like re-love working out and it feels a lot better. And like you said, it comes with that maturity of like, I mean, we all went through the ego lifting and everything like that. Mm -hmm. Like it comes with that maturity. Um, Yeah. I mean, it's growth as far as, okay, I had the aesthetic, but how did I feel? Right. Like, can I, do I have like full range of motion? (laughs) Like mobility? Is that even a thing when you're just like chasing the pump like i'm sure there's people out there that definitely have full like they do mobility but they're also super jacked but a lot of the times when those are just like a general population person's goals they're putting to the side how they actually feel right like i remember when i was powerlifting my hips started to hurt i mean we mike could probably talk about the anatomy of it but it was just like i don't want to live with hip pain forever so right. we have to figure this out right so right and you guys do that every day with clients so. every day we're troubleshooting every day but no it's like people will ride or die with with what they believe in or what they think is best it's like until shit hits the fan and then it's like what do i do like until i until i i mean here's us right here until i tear my pack bench pressing until i tear my achilles and you go whoa like <laughs> It's real though, right, Paul? It's like it's I, fucking real. It's it's a real mental realization. It's like I need to change something because I don't want to live my life like this. And the same for nutrition. Like I'm gonna eat this type of way. Oh well, because I can, because my metabolism is good, because of X, Y, and Z. Until I get sick, until the doctor tells me this. It's like, and then and then what? And then what? And then we got to make a change. And that's where, like, when we started, like, I think that's why performance goals are more important. Because now you can drive all of these health benefits underneath them while also while not making that your main focus. focus. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a place more people need to be in. But we're all stubborn and, and, and sometimes it takes shit hitting the fan to make you switch that mindset. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's like our – so you've worked, you've worked in a ton of settings. You've worked in – Hospitals, rehab centers, universities, uh, nonprofits, like you've really done it all here. Here, it's like, I can't think of a setting that you haven't worked in. Um, And like even doing nutrition in all these settings, like our med system still misses the boat on nutrition. Yeah, like. Yeah. Um, Well, I remember sitting in on like a, I forget what it was. They have them at the hospital, like Grand Rounds. And it essentially was a lot of um, doctors only really get maybe one unit, not a class, like a unit on nutrition. They're not taught nutrition stuff. I mean, if you do, if they did a DO and not a regular MD, they'd probably get a little bit more nutrition, but it's different. Doctor of Osteopathic Medicine. More holistic. More, a little more holistic, but they work in every setting. It's not like they're just a holistic doctor. They could work in... A regular hospital or right be a surgeon or right. do whatever right it's, but yeah they just don't have that background unless they do their own research but it's so fucking important yeah to prevent everything they're trying to treat oh uh, yeah I mean, if you think about a cardiologist or something a lot of stuff could probably be meds and in particular could be prevented if they just right sent them to a registered dietitian. I mean, that might not work for some people either. If they're not willing to make those changes, yeah, med's going to help. Right. That's the trouble, right? Especially with this country. Yeah. It's like, okay, here's what we got. You're going to have to stop drinking soda, have some veggies at breakfast, not eat as many snacks during the day, and get some fucking sleep. Or 
take this pill. I got this pad. Yeah, I'm going to give you these pills and go. Yeah. It's true, right? I have had very few doctors tell me anything about nutrition. I mean, if they know my background, they don't really anyways. But, right. I mean, there's other stuff that they could have just been like, oh, you should do this and this. Right. But they like, don't think that way. And I feel like that's nutrition and, you know, other things, whether it's, you know, rehabbing an injury. I feel like it's like the bare minimum. Like yeah. they're shown the bare minimum and they tell you to do the bare minimum to get to where, like a doctor. Mm-hmm. And then you go see someone like you for nutrition or like if you're like for me, like I'm obviously rehabbing my Achilles, going to a PT. And it's like they're telling like I'm way ahead of the curve for where like a doctor would tell me I would be at. Yeah. And then like for you as a as a somebody that's in the nutrition field, like they may tell them like the bare minimum they have to do because that's all they know. Yeah. I mean a lot of times if you go to the doctor and you have high blood sugar or your A one C is high, which is just a indicator that your blood sugar runs high daily on an average, mm-hmm. um, they'll just tell people, Oh, if you lose a little bit of weight and you cut out carbs, that'll be the fix. But that's not always the the case it's not cutting out carbs it's balancing balancing your plate right it's making sure like you can still eat carbs if you have diabetes it's just a matter of balancing it out with protein and fat so that your blood sugar is not going through the roof right right but they essentially tell people just i shouldn't clump everyone together but a lot of the times people are just told okay don't don't eat carbs i mean grant a lot of them are drinking soda and whatever else but Right, and just, just like lose weight, and it's like like okay, losing weight is so easy. It's not. I mean, it's not. And a lot of times, I mean, there's so many research studies on this. People who lose weight and they did like keto or any of those things. It's short term. Mm-hmm. They'll lose that weight, but then once they start reintroducing all those other foods back in that they cut out, they're gonna gain it all back. Yeah. So it's a matter of figuring out, okay, how can I balance this out so I'm not cutting out major food groups and setting myself up for failure in the future. How fucking crazy was, uh, I watched reality TV like a motherfucker growing up. That's funny. I was having a conversation with one of the kids today about reality TV. Actually about Tiger King. Yeah, that's fucking, that's <laughs> fucked up. But no, how, how crazy was the show The Biggest Loser when you think about that? Oh. That, nuts, right? I mean, isn't, aren't a majority of them now just back to kind of where they were? before oh i'm sure it's like what you just said it's like let's restrict you completely and work out eight hours a fucking day and then try to put you while you're removed from your real life and now let's put you back in your real life with all your other issues and bullshit and temptations and and yeah day-to-day stuff yeah like i mean they essentially humiliate them and then oh yeah it's brutal it's like they're weighing them on a whatever those things are called at like a like a truck truck stop scale well, and industrial size scale, and then there—I mean—they sign up to be on TV, but right. it's still just like okay, now you're eating 1,200 calories and exercising, and they're just like dying, dying. Yeah. Right. Well, I don't even know what I was gonna say now. I don't know, but but Sorry. how <laughs> how how much of everything is just a lack of education, though? It's like there's a lot. It's just, just Google whatever you're gonna Google, and there's so much stuff that's contradicting. That's wrong. That some of it's right. That's confusing. Mm-hmm. Like it's like education is so big. Like even like going to the grocery store, like it could be a lot. Like what do I buy? Like the like labeling on things and what things say. And this is low fat. And this is low carb. And this is keto. And this is paleo. And 
I'm overwhelmed just talking about it. <laughs> I'm a machine in the grocery store, though. People must hate me. Yeah, you're like the person that's oblivious to everyone around you, just standing in the way. I put my headphones in. Mm-hmm. I'm like, just, I'm the same. And just fucking I go. just go. No regard for human life None. at all. Zero. Not zero. at all. I, don't, I give zero fucks who's at the store. Like, I'm coming there to get what I want and get out of my right. way. Like, if there's clients in the gym and you see me in the grocery store, like, it's not me. Just let me do my, just let me do my thing and get out of there. Yeah, I'm the opposite. I'm hyper aware of everyone around me. Yeah. Um, but as far as, like, when you go into the store and there's just so much food marketing everywhere and you don't know what's what it's confusing i mean everything right now is marked like keto or like that's the latest fad so and there's no they can put anything on a food label i shouldn't say anything but there's certain parts that are regulated by the government and then there's other parts that aren't so like natural being one of them it really isn't a definition for natural from the government right it just it, there really isn't. The only way, like the things that are regulated, are like organic. Um, okay, so what? So what's the? Who does this? FDA? Uh, it's can be a combination of both. So USDA is usually meats, okay, and stuff like that, poultry, things like that. Um, FDA does some other stuff. I'd have to verify. So what? What? That. What makes something organic? To put that label on a package. On a, what a are chicken. we talking about? On a chicken? Let's say chick. Let's say meat. Okay, so meat, it's, there's no hormones that they, they're not allowed to use, like growth hormones or anything like that, or mm-hmm. antibiotics. Right. That's another one. Um, and there's, I think they're, with that, there's feed regulation, so what they're feeding them as organic animals, but that also is grass-fed versus other things. So it just depends. So, like... I'd have to verify if grass-fed is regulated, but right. I would think it is um, right. because they would need to be – they're not eating corn or grains right. versus so, – So if you want to do do the best thing by the animal and you're in a grocery store, what don't do you – Don't go to the grocery store. <laughs> go yeah. to your local farmer. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, don't, I don't buy my meat from the grocery store. I, yeah. use, I use like I butcher mean, box and if, if you're like going to go to the grocery store, yeah. I mean try – if you can afford it, get or, 100% organic because right. – then there are regulations that they're following um, versus just picking up something that says natural. It doesn't really mean much. But if you're looking for, like, the best beef ever, you should just figure out what your local farmer – like, if you're driving past the farm in Columbia County and those are meat cows and not dairy cows and they're roaming around in a pasture and they're and that, that's probably your best bet. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, like, because those things, like, okay, so what's a, if something is not organic and not grass-fed, like, what are they feeding that cow that then translates and isn't good for us? The hormones and the antibiotics that are in there. Because they want to get those things as big as they can, as fast as Mm -hmm. they can. Mm -hmm. They're trying to produce as much meat as possible, and their lifespan is way shorter by doing that. So they're not really getting, they're essentially born, given all that stuff to just essentially grow so they can butcher them yeah what's that the yellow kit the yellow chicken that's got like the yellow on the, the container on the bottom that's yellow and the chicken breasts are like the size of your laptop yeah and i'm like that's not normal like a chicken breast should do chickens yeah, yeah should not Tyson. be that Tyson. big yeah, that Tyson. should not be that big spicy tyson's though come on yeah but it's those chickens man <laughs> it's not good for the chickens it's not good for you well yeah. the other thing too is like when they say grass-fed or free-range 
that essentially means that, like, especially with chickens, they have access to the outside. It doesn't right. mean that they're actually outside. This yeah. is where it's tricky. They could have, like, a little pen that is attached to the, like, barn or whatever they want to call those things. And they can just pop out if they want. And then but all they've ever known is inside. So a lot of the times they don't even go outside. Right. And then you can call it. Free range. Because they have a little fucking. Because they got a fucking pen, pen it's that's a, the size it's of my dimensions, glass. Yeah, that yeah. it has to be. It's a two by two cubicle, and they're like, "Oh, they can run around." Okay, so what would you tell people? You're in the grocery store, and it's like this may look like it's great, but it's a trick on the label. Like natural, all natural is one. You can slap that on. Yeah. Anything. What about local? Like how local are we talking if something says local? Well, I mean, if you think of Whole Foods, they tell you where it's from, but a lot of places aren't telling you where they're from. Right. I mean, Hannaford does. If you go to Hannaford, they'll usually okay. tell you. But that's all relative. So local could be Vermont. I mean, for us, Vermont's that not that far. Right. Um, But, yeah, it doesn't mean – for me, when I think local, it's, okay, what's near me? Like if I can go to a farmer's market or – like a farm store, that's local. Like yeah. that's as local as it's going to get. I think that's the move. That's what we talked about. On the, Sporting small business. That's what we talked about with Rob. Right. It's just like especially now in COVID when you can. Absolutely. I mean anytime you can, you know, go to your local, you know, butcher or whoever and get get your meat from them. One, you're going to – it's going to probably taste a thousand times better. Right. And two, you're going to – you're supporting a local business. You're getting a better quality of meat and you're not getting all those hormones and antibiotics and all the other crap they put into mm-hmm. – the meat that is on your shelf in the grocery store. The other thing too is we're focusing so much on meat is the cost effective way if you can't go to your local farmer would be to eat more of a plant-based diet and get your proteins from plants. Right. Right. But now we have all this crazy beyond burgers and fake chicken nuggies and and fucking fake shrimps. Like you name it. Like where's that coming from? That can't be great for you. I mean, yeah, they're processed. So they're not... It's not nat- natural, right. whatever you want to like, like, use that word. Um, a lot of them are made out of soy-based things. Beyond Burgers are made of like mushrooms and beets and things like that, but still processed right. to make it that way. I mean, I think they essentially made it in a lab to be like meat. Right. So like it bleeds like meat because there's beet juice in it. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So if you're a consumer- I mean, it's not- it's not like the worst possible thing, but if you're comparing it to a grass-fed burger, like comparable. I mean, yeah, one has probably way less calories, but as far as health goes, like if you're just a health conscious, one's consumer, providing you with different, totally different things versus the other. Right. So if you're just a, you're just doing this for your health, you'd recommend a local a grass-fed. I mean, if they're vegan and vegetarian and they want to have a burger, yeah, I have that, right. but. I, if you really want it to be like a burger, then yeah, have a Beyond Burger. But if right. you're okay with not having it taste like a burger, then have a black bean burger or something right. like that. Right. Yeah, Funny, yeah. I was talking to one of the girls today about that, and she said that she really likes black bean burgers. And I was like, it's not my wave, but you know, if you like it and it's your mom makes it, great right. for you. Like that, you know, that's a yeah. healthy option for you. No, I mean, it just depends on what. So a lot of people do things for more ethical reasons too so like Mm -hmm. they might not eat meat because they don't like how it's raised or the ethical part of it but they're and then the whole other thing is sustainability but that also comes down to how is the farmer like 
processing, which processing sounds wrong, but essentially means butchering or taking right. care of their animals through their life cycle right. and things that they can do to make it more sustainable, which I don't, I'm not a specialist in that to truly talk about it, but right. it, it depends. So like if you were really about like animal cruelty, then be a vegetarian right. or be vegan. But you also have to remember to eat healthy. Yeah, that's the trouble. Because a lot of things can be vegetarian and vegan that aren't healthy. Right. Mm-hmm. Takis. Well, and that's the Oreos. Nice. I mean, that comes down to the marketing that you talk about too. Like, yeah, there's so many times where, you know, I'm constantly reading labels when I'm in a, in a store, like it, it's out of habit and like, whether it's looking at the macros on it or whatever, and I'll see, you know, gluten free or I'll see vegan and I'll be like, oh, let me look at this, see what the, see what this says. And like, I look at the calories and everything on it and I'm like, I could go buy a box of Oreos and be just fine and i mean oreos might be vegan or whatever but they're not gluten-free but they make gluten-free they do ones. make gluten-free ones um but it's just like one of those things where you look at something because it says gluten-free or it says vegan you think it's or even healthier. it says high protein yeah how many times have you gone like so many times i go into a store and i see something that says protein bar or high protein and then i look at it and it's like eight grams of protein and i'm like yeah. Is, that's not high protein. Like, I can get eight grams of protein from a single serving of peanut butter. Yeah. Like, I don't need to buy this protein bar that's got all this other crap in it that isn't even really a protein bar Yeah. to hit my goals. People are going to come for me for this, but... Go. Kodiak cakes? They're delicious. They're delicious, and they're high protein, but look at the added sugar. Right. Right. So, like, if we're talking about food labels and you're going to the store to look at food labels, it can be confusing. Yes. One of the things I tell people to look at is the ingredient list. Is the ingredient list like 50 pages long or 50 ingredients? Like, okay, that's highly processed. There's lots of things in there. Um, the other thing, too, is looking at added sugar. If you're – the whole – it depends on what you're buying, too. Mm-hmm. So, like, when I go to the grocery store – I don't really hit the middle aisles that frequently because that's where all the processed stuff is. I do. So you're shopping the perimeter of the store to get your produce, your meats, your dairy, your eggs. Those things don't have long ingredient lists. Yeah. The more you adventure into the... If you look at a gluten-free thing, people think gluten-free is healthy. But there's so many things that can be in there. You're better off trying to figure out how to make it gluten-free at home. Yeah. I mean, there are some like quality stuff out there right and there's specific things like i mean my my niece has to be gluten-free so there's like specific things that she'll get because like she misses eating whatever it is yeah you need to enjoy you know food still again it comes back to like not eating food just for fuel like eating it for uh, you know to enjoy it so like for her she'll you know she'll find like gluten-free oreos like not necessarily the best thing there's a lot of processed stuff in it but she likes Oreos. She misses eating them. So she, once they came out with the gluten-free ones, she mm-hmm. eats them like they're going out of style. But, you know, again, it comes down to the balance. Like you talk, like, I feel like that's yeah. like the biggest word in this whole thing is like balance. Yeah. Moderation is what we like to use in yeah. the dietitian world. Sorry. Moderation. That's okay. Te- technical term. Moderation. <laughs> destruction. Listen, um. <laughs> I'm destructing anything today. Not yet. Anyway. I mean, it comes with, there's... People will say they're vegetarian or vegan for essentially clout. <laughs> People do everything for fucking clout now. But I'm like, so glad we just Okay, now let's, now let's destruct what they're eating each day. Right. Um, yeah, they could be eating for breakfast, pancakes, rinse, toast, 
I'm not French toast. There's eggs in there, so don't you can talk, make pancakes. Don't talk down to French toast. <laughs> don't ever talk down to French yeah. toast. And then lunch, they could still be eating. I don't even know. I'm trying to think of like, you can get like artificial deli meat. Yeah. You could be making an artificial deli meat sandwich and then having some Oreos and some Takis on the side <laughs> and you're still vegan. Yeah, absolutely. And the Did of anyone time- ever see the TikTok where <laughs> this girl, someone gave her an egg and they told her it was a vegan egg because of marketing, because the, the chicken's vegan. They don't eat, they don't eat meat or dairy or anything. <laughs> So they told her it was a vegan egg, and she thought it was literally like she could eat the egg because it's vegan. <laughs> like, no, that's that's still an egg. Yeah, that's. It's not. Ugh. It was literally in the eggshell. It's like fucking... you, they haven't gotten that far. No, no. <laughs> oh, this younger generation. That's rough. Well, you, know, you know who I love on TikTok? Oh, God. Oh. Say it. Uh, Nona Pia. Nona Pia. Nona Pia. Uh, shout out Nona Pia. <laughs> you see, I showed it's you. I showed me Nona Pia. It's like this Italian grandmother, and, and her like grandson just films her and just like talks you through what she's doing in the kitchen, and it's fucking amazing. I don't go on TikTok ever unless I feel like I'm sad and I want to look at Nonapia cook to make me happier. That's the only time I ever go on. But let's be honest. Nonapia could probably help a lot of people with their nutrition because she probably makes things that taste amazing. She puts a lot of salt and shit. That's fine. That's okay. Okay. It's okay. No, I mean, we don't know if she has high blood pressure. Right. She's just living just, her life. Just reduce the amount of salt that she puts in. Do like she half. makes her own pasta sauce. She makes her own like pasta and stuff like that. So listen, can't knock. That's as close to like natural as you're gonna get. Sorry, I yelled. <laughs> yeah. Shout out Nona Pia. Shout out natural. You know. Shout out natural. <laughs> shout out Nona Pia. Yeah. Pause this right now. Go look at Nona Pia, and then and, and then come, come back, back to us. us. You'll be yeah. way yeah, yeah. Please, please yeah. do. Okay, but if you're vegan, yeah, we see it a lot. I've known people that say they're vegan and they just get, you know, fucking things with labels on it, right? They think that this is good for me. Mm-hmm. But then they're missing a lot of their macronutrients and probably even more of their micronutrients. Yeah, definitely micronutrients. Definitely micronutrients. So, I mean, yeah, when you're you're missing out on whatever you're getting from meat sources, but you can get them from plants, um, but it's just a lot more. Right, like okay. Difficult. It's how it's broken down in your body. Explain then, just in an easy way, complete proteins and incomplete proteins, and then if you're a vegan, how you need to know that because you need to take these incomplete proteins and make them complete proteins for your body. Yeah. Okay. So you're really bringing me back here on the science. Um. So complete proteins are things that you'd get from meat, so or eggs and dairy. So they are going to have all the amino acids in them that you're going to need for your body to break it down and use that. And then there's the same as like heme iron. I'm going to forget and like non-heme iron. So a lot of vegans end up having or being anemic because they're missing out on iron, B12, things that you're going to get from meat, fish, Mm -hmm. poultry. So in order to do those things, a lot of the times for most most of the time you're going to have to take a supplement unless you're either using like a cast iron skillet. So you're getting iron from leaching into your food from the cast iron skillet. (laughs) I did not know that. I didn't know that. Or um, you're just pairing your, and I can't think of a specific example of this, but if you're having um, like beans or something, there's pairing things that you can do. Okay. So spinach is one. I do have an example. Okay. So 
and I don't know if anyone knows this, but when you eat spinach or leafy greens, if you put vinegar on them, it helps you break down the iron that's in there. Probably makes it taste. Can we too. verify that though? <laughs> let me let me verify that. I'm pretty sure like okay. that's that's the thing. It's helping you vinegar? absorb the nutrients because well, spinach and think, vinegar. Things interact like that. Like right, like when I make my tea at night, I'm so fucking manly. When I make bitch. when I make my tea at night, oh, look it up, Paul. Did you find it? But I'm saying I have turmeric, but if you put in black pepper, it helps you yeah. absorb better, right? It's similar so, to that. So the body does have interactions like that with what you're consuming, and, and pairing things does matter, like Sam said. Anything, Paul, or is Sam crazy over there? I mean, listen, I want to find a like reputable source here. Right. Okay, I don't want to look at like fucking johnschmo.com. <laughs> I just remember that from class was if you are eating leafy greens to pair it with vinegar so that you're right. breaking down. Adding it adding vinegar to foods that contain non hema iron, is mm-hmm. that how I say it? Yeah. Such as lentils and spinach can help better absorb iron. Okay. You are correct. Thank you. Yes. But it's the non contain non hema iron. Whatever yeah. whatever that means. I'm not a scientist. Right. There's, that makes sense. Yeah. There's a bunch of little things like that. But it's just yeah, you gotta be more conscious. And then what would you supplement with? It's usually like B12 and iron if you're not getting it enough from foods. Right. Supplements are crazy. Supplements are wild. Supplement industry is nuts. I had two kid, three kids this week come up to me and ask me, like, what supplement should I be taking? And I'm just like, I was rolling the back of my head, head goes towards the ceiling, and I'm like, I fucking hate my life. What do you say? Uh, I mean, I say keep it simple. I'm like, you know, only use protein as needed. Like if you feel like you're not eating enough protein in your day and whatnot, like, and that's a lot of times comes down to like, if they are tracking or not, which most of the kids I hope aren't tracking. Um, but really that's just as like, if you feel like you're not eating enough protein in your day or like you need something convenient in your day because you're going from school here, practice, 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 practice home. Right. Like you had seven practices today. Yeah. You got to have something in between those. Um, you know, creatine is one of those things that, you know, I talk about, but again, it's, you know, on a, case by case basis you know and then from there it's like simple stuff multivitamin right. you know i take that uh, a fish oil supplement and turmeric for inflammation like that's pretty much all that you need you know basic stuff like i mean and again it's all dependent on what your what your health history is and yeah. things like that and if you're going to you know somebody that's a dietitian or something and they're reg- they're recommending things for your health that's a different whole different beast this is just personally what i take and when I talk to the kids, I'm like, you don't need to, don't overcomplicate it. Right. And then pre-workout, you know, got to have my caffeine. Got to get our caffeine. And, you know, and some of the kids I tell them, like, you don't need it. Right. You don't need it. But, I mean, if you try it and you like it and it's something that you want, and I got, obviously depending on their age, like, I tell them, like, give it a try. And if you don't like it, you don't like it. Like, if you like it, take it here and there when you feel like you need it. Especially, like, you know, some of these older kids that are seniors or juniors that, like, we just talked about going from, two practices and then at, right after school and they come here at six o'clock at night to try to get a lift in. And it's like, first of all, go the fuck home. But if you're going to get a lift in, you might want a little extra juice behind you to help you get that, get through that lift. So, you know, I talked to one of the kids today and he even said, he's probably going to use it during season because last season he it's like, I lost 10 pounds and you know, I wasn't able to work out as much cause I just didn't have the motivation to, but he's like, I took pre-workout the other day for the first time. And he's like, I definitely could see the benefit like when I'm in season. He's like, I probably won't take it out of season. And I'm like, yeah, you say that now. Um, but like I can see where like the benefit would come for him in season because then he has that, you know, extra juice to get him through a workout, even if it's only 45 minutes, 
you know, it's something better. It's better than nothing. And then he hopefully won't lose that weight that he doesn't want to lose. Yeah. Right. Well, the other question is, are you just using the supplement to bandaid your bad diet? Exactly. (laughs) Or your, or your poor sleep. Or, or, your high, or your high levels of stress. It's right. like yeah. there's bigger things to take care of first. That's what I tell so somebody first. Mm-hmm. If you look at a professional athlete or somebody who's super competitive, they're using supplements for like the edge, not to like band-aid whatever's going wrong. You're right. Not to right. baseline. Their baseline's high. Their baseline's good. Yeah. I'm sure you could like Tom Brady's like one of the big ones that people always talk about. TB12. It's a goat. But his diet is like immaculate. So like if he's taking supplements, it's essentially just to like give him the other edge of recovery and repair and all the other stuff. Right. It's it, a lot of the times when people ask me about supplements, I'm like, okay, why do you want to take that? Right. Like what's, what's the purpose behind it? Do you, and a lot of times they'll say, well, I think it's going to make me jacked right. or something. And, like, I, and that, that makes, you know, that, that the asking the why, and that goes to like pretty much anything in here. Yeah. I feel like is like the biggest thing. Like why, like, why do you want to do that? And you know, I feel like, whether or not I do it all the time when I when supplements do get brought up to me, I feel like I tell them why I use them. Mm-hmm. And I think that gives them, like, okay, I don't need this. Like, I need to focus on X, Y, and Z first and then, you know, add in the supplement here or supplement there or whatever it is um, and whatnot. But that, may, you know, asking them the why yeah. is definitely, like, whether it's why do you want to lose weight? Why do you want to take the supplement? Why, like, whatever it is. Like, yeah. What's your why? And then we can figure out how to get you there. The other thing, too, is if they're... So if they're saying they're so sore and they're coming from eight practices, so they want to take something and it's like, okay, let's get to the root cause of this. Like, is it because you actually need a supplement for that or should we tone it back a little bit? Yeah. Right. I think, too, like we talked about regulations when it comes to meat and other food industries... Like supplements are not are nuts because they're not regulated. Like I yes. think it was back in the day documentary Bigger, Faster, Stronger. I think it was like Mark was it Mark Bell? I think it was a it Bell. Might have been Mark Bell. I think yeah. it was Mark Bell. But he goes out and shows how unregulated it is and like makes a supplement and calls it a proprietary blend. And I look at shit kids bring in here and the first thing it says is proprietary blend. Yep. And they just put random shit random nothing in a pill. Yeah. Nothing and called it a proprietary or blend and sold it. Right, some caffeine and some taurine and this and just boom, proprietary blend and they market it as this. Yeah. But there's no regulation of how much of everything's in it and so it's like, right, that's a big piece is understanding like you need to be very selective in what supplements you're taking. Yeah. Right. Well, I know one of the things too is a lot of times when I'm talking to like high school juniors, high school seniors, I'm like when you go to college, you have to to make sure whatever supplements you're taking are NSF certified. Right, mm-hmm. explain that because that we always got to tell kids. It just means, college. it essentially means that the supplements are third party tested. You're not getting anything crazy additives that are put in there, the proprietary blends. Right. That's going to pop up on a drug test. Right, right. And any pro athlete we worked in here and we talk supplements, like, okay, let me run this by my agent. They're very strict. And make yeah. sure it's NSF. It's yeah. like very strict. So yeah, like don't fuck around as a high schooler. I do have to say, the NSF website needs to update however it works because it's poor. Shots it's fine. like you can't find anything that you want to find on there. NSF, Sorry. fix your shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard. I like tell people, okay, go check to make sure it's NSF certified. A lot of the times I tell them, okay, if you're going to go to GNC, mm-hmm. you, have, you need to make sure it has that label on it. And, and I show them the label. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if you go there, you need to tell them that you want something that's NSF certified. 
and or else they're gonna sell you whatever right and I worked at GNC, so I know for a fact they're going to sell you whatever the fuck they can sell you. That is the most expensive thing. Right. Like, that's just how they operate and what, or whatever's going to make that person the most money. But there's very few things in that store that have the NSF label on it. Like, very yeah. few. And, you know, back to, like, when we get people recommending, like, asking me for supplement recommendations, like, I try to steer them towards the brands that I know don't have those proprietary blends because I'm like don't want that and then i try to think of like okay what ones are nsf like right what, yeah no certified what's, what's your most like common misconception you hear with a supplement i know mine mine is creatine's gonna make me fucking jack this is this is it this is the thing i'm gonna get on they say i'm on creatine they say it's like you're on creatine you're taking <laughs> <laughs> like sit yeah, down I, buddy you're on creatine hold on slow slow down right now please yeah i think it's i think of creatine more when i think of creatine i think of parents thinking it's like a steroid right well think how it's used right like you're using this creatine phosphate for quick bursts of energy in your body right so you're building up this store that you have so you can now can do more repeat explosive activity yeah it's not like i'm gonna take this and i'm gonna look like fucking lou ferrigno <laughs> tomorrow i wish in my but, basement yeah. with my dad just like doing shoulder presses yeah. it's like it's just not not gonna happen that one drive i'm on creatine <laughs> like oh okay <laughs> should you be in here right now like maybe you should go home did you use a syringe for that or like yeah like, <laughs> that drives me crazy um i don't know sam also the nsf site is bad check out examine.com they do a good job of just explaining mm -hmm. research and like just showing if this is factual or if this isn't proven with benefits for a supplement um so they're a solid, solid site to check out. Mm -hmm. But if you're going to recommend some, Sam, I know you don't like doing, let's say, let's say somebody's on point with their sleep and their hydration and their nutrition and their training and their mental health. And they say, okay, I want the edge. So not me. Not Paul, not me. Yeah. They want the edge. What are you going to recommend? It still depends on their goals. Let's say they're an athlete. Uh, okay. They're an athlete. So we're talking recovery. We're saying recovery and performance. Okay. I would say uh, they probably are. They're probably already using a quality protein powder. Okay. They could use creatine depending on. I mean, there's evidence that supports it for cross country runners right. and well, lifters. Right. What kind of creatine though? Because there's a lot of different brands out there, and only one I think has good research on it. We'd have to. Uh, I'm quite sure. I'm pretty. I'm like ninety percent sure. That creatine monohydrate. Yeah, is, creatine. I was gonna say monohydrate. Yeah, I thought right. you were looking for a brand. No, no, I'm just no, 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 like, no. Like, like the type no, of creatine. It needs to be creatine monohydrate. Right. Um, what's the other one? BCAs. Wrench mm -hmm. chain amino acids. Um, mm -hmm. is another one. Fish oil. Nice. I'm a big fan of fish oil. I what yeah. a, what about if you're looking immune health obviously like vitamin C and zinc mm -hmm. yeah zinc's a big one you have, um, zinc's bigger than vitamin C people actually don't know that mm -hmm. so when you get a cold um, people tend to load up on so if you get emergency it, they're advertising the vitamin C but there's zinc in there and mm -hmm. that that zinc is actually like the that's the juice that's the juice yeah that's the juice baby give me that zinc yeah. Give me that zinc. Um, what about, I'm just trying to run down a list of, of shit I hear or see every day. What about like an athletic greens or a green supplement? I kind of think they're a waste. Um, my personal opinion, if you're, it's expensive juice. <laughs> right. Um, if you're really not getting enough greens. Yeah. Yeah, okay. fine. 
have a green supplement, you're probably going to get some micronutrients in there that you're not getting from. Fuck. There goes our Athletic Green sponsorship right there. Fucking balls, Sam. I thought we had amazing grass, <laughs> to be honest with okay, you. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> no, we've definitely done it. Like, had we've used my, uh, greens before. Yeah. I mean, I... I mean, I never really felt like it did... It's not, like, providing you with, like, oh, I feel great now because I have greens. Right. Yeah, I've never felt Sorry. like that. Did I really ruin your future sponsorships no, there? I'm just busting your balls. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's all good. Um, what about like vitamin D, especially here in Yeah, vitamin D definitely. Um, might want to just get your levels tested before right. you start taking it. But that's something if you go to your regular annual appointments. Dan Jones. Jesus, shots fired. Paul Morrison. <laughs> and, and, and Mike. Mike doesn't go either. None of you guys do. To your annual like physicals. Oh, I hit that shit last year. I, I told, come yeah, on, how long before that? I routinely yeah, exactly. call Mike the doctor, so... That's my doctor. <laughs> so yeah, if you go to your doctor, if you go to your annual, you can ask for those things. They'll do them. It's not like uh, one of the things that they need prior approval for or anything like that. Right, right. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, supplements are just a crazy industry, and 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 I don't know. These are unregulated, and people are uneducated, and and they end up being on creatine, and it's just like <laughs> <laughs> let's figure out what we're yeah. What, what it just sounds right like here. they're saying I'm on drugs. Right. Yeah, like what? What are you? What are you really trying to do here? Like, sh- Mike, come here. I, I don't want to tell anybody. I just, I just squatted two twenty five. I'm on creatine. <laughs> just like it doesn't count. Then. Doesn't count. Doesn't count. It doesn't count. Then. Should the other rule be if you're taking creatine, you have to be able to talk to girls? Oh Jesus! Shots fired again. <laughs> I think that should be a rule. I think that that should be a rule. Definitely. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. A, I'm not. I'm not opposed to that at all, man. No, not at all. But yeah, yeah, supplements is just it's just crazy. I think it's good people just have a baseline understanding of like how the how it's so unregulated and, and what things kind of really do for your body. Because um, yeah, you've worked with, I mean, you interned at, I love stories when you interned at Notre Dame. I knew I was going to bring this up. I know, up. and I didn't want you to, but it's fine. I know, too late. We're and, here. And here we are. So who would you, cause listen, that's a big, very prestigious university and high-level yeah. athletes. And okay, so, so, so this is part I was of your, only there for a month. For a month. Okay, thank you. Would you would you learn or what is? I mean, open? I learned a lot. Okay, it's thirty um, days longer than me. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> um, they. I mean, so what do you want to know though? Like what supplements like, they? You're they with high level athletes, so let's like, were they what you thought? Were they not? You know what I mean? Like, how much stuff was just like fed to them? Like, hey, this is what you're gonna do. This is it. And there that's it. was definitely like the people you knew were going somewhere. And right. then there's the other ones that they're there and they're playing Division One athletics, which right. is great. Right. And you know exactly what I'm referring to. Um, but they're not there, like, they're not, like, all in it. Right. Like, I remember having a conversation in, like, one of the lounges where one of the kids was like, I want to look like so-and-so on the team. And one, the other dietitian was like, those are his genetics. You don't have those genetics. Was that Bon Jovi's kid? Oh, my. No. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't? Oh, my God. Listen, hey. <laughs> Everybody gets put on blast. Yeah. No, 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 no. But <laughs> in terms of just stuff being like given to them, like we're going to eat this, we're going to drink this, we're going to Yeah, do. they're essentially told exactly what to eat and what to drink and given supplements when they come in post-workout or whatever it is, post-practice. They're mm-hmm. made a bunch of smoothies that they're just handed. Right. Yeah, I mean, they have it all set up for them. The one of the discussions we did have while we were there was, okay, what happens to these kids when they leave right. that aren't going into professional sports? Right. And... I, I do think they did a really good job of teaching them healthy eating. I mean, a lot of it was kind of placed in front of them, but 
they're given the tools to be like, okay, this is what they had so many meetings on just like, okay, I need to fuel my body. This is what I need. But then if you look at a football team, a linebacker who's eating that many calories while in season and while they're playing and then they leave, they gain a bunch of weight because they're still eating like mm-hmm. they're playing division one <laughs> right. football. Right. This is, this is where, especially when it comes to weightlifting too and athletics and nutrition, you have to understand that, that performance, right? Like peak performance and optimal health are on two different ends of a spectrum, mm-hmm. right? Like I need to train and eat to be the best lineman I can be. Mm-hmm. Well, the more you push yourself to being the best lineman you can be, you're sacrificing yourself on this other end of health. So then, like, what happens when your career is over and in your life, it doesn't fucking matter if you're the best lineman you can be, but it matters if you're healthy for your kids and what you need to do in life. I know one of the, a lot of the discussion, too, for them was, okay, we are, they are trying to set them up for success post-college if they're not going to play. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, obviously, there's favoritism there because they do have their, like, elite guys that they right. know are going somewhere. Right. Or this, they're only there for a year. This like, drives me crazy. You see this favoritism trickle down the system. It does. It trickles. Like, it trickles down. Like, okay, if you have a guy at a D1 program and you know he's got millions of dollars on the line in a couple months, like, okay, I got to take care of this guy because yeah. he's going to change his life. And I have to take that very seriously. <laughs> but then we see... A kid who's 11 years old who hit one home run on his team, and 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 they're and they're treating this kid the same way, and it's like, why, like, why? Yeah. I mean, just think about. I mean, this happened to us too. If you think about in high school, how special did you feel? Special. Like, you're like we lived in a small town, so you just feel like okay. And then you go to college. Reality check. Like reality you're no longer. Quick. No one knows you. No one gives a shit. Right. It's the same exact thing. It's like life perspective. So like, yeah, you might be great at 11 years old and everyone's doting on you because you're like the star player and you carry that through and then you get to whatever school you're going to play at. Maybe you're the last one on the team. Yeah. What happens to your ego then? I mean, I just remember when we were growing up, Danny Almonte. Yeah. You remember Danny Almonte, right? Yeah. It was from from Harlem. I mean, he was like 16. Playing with 12 year olds. Imagine that. But like at the same time, like, where is he now? Like, I don't know. He's, and that, that's the thing is like, I mean, granted, you know, other things probably played into that. Right. Being the fact that he was like three or four years older, but you got these young kids and it's like, why are we putting all this pressure on them to be this elite level 11, right. 11 you? But you're right. Eventually you're not going to be the big fish in the small pond. You're going right. to be a small fish in a big pond. If you, if you're going to progress your life, like right. you lived in New York city mm-hmm. and people aren't listening. Like Paul and Sam and I have known each other since like elementary school. So my whole life, our whole life. So like just kind of going through this process of being second like grade. second grade, <laughs> second grade to be, to be precise. Second grade. Really? We weren't in kindergarten together. No, no. Fuck. I hated third grade. Cause actually Miss, it may have been third grade. I hated third grade. No, we had Mrs. Stem. Well, you were in Mrs. Uh, Stem's She's a saint. She is. She is. She was the teacher that turned me around. She's I remember when she used to substitute for high school. And I was like, this is going to be the easiest day ever. Is Mrs. Sten, is she still alive? I hope so. I hope she's so. listening. Oh, shout out Mrs. Sten. Shout out Mrs. Sten. Great, um, great teacher. Yeah. But what were you going to say about us all knowing each other? Just since then. And just like going from being... Oh, like going down to New York and everything? Yeah. yeah just, like just... going down to New York definitely, you know, was a overwhelming as a, as a trainer. You know, you go down there and I didn't even go down there originally to train. 
Like I went down there, I transferred down there when I was working for GNC. I was like, let's see if I can turn this into a full-time thing. Fucking hated it. Decided not, not what I wanted to do. And then I went into the training aspect, back into it. And definitely felt like overwhelmed when I first started. But I had very good support from like the other trainers that were around me. And then just through getting my clients and things like that, like I felt like more of a bigger fish than I was, but I still wasn't a big fish in that in New York City. But every time I would talk to whether it was a client of mine or even a random person in the gym, they'd be like, you're one of like the best trainers I've seen come through here. And like, even though it was one gym in New York City, it made, you know, obviously makes you feel better about it. But like going from being in uh, high school where you have 98 kids in your graduating class to the Mecca of people, like the melting pot of everybody, it's, it's, it can be overwhelming and uh, can definitely humble you as far as um, where you are as a trainer or whatever, whatever career path you're I think doing. it humble you when you go from small fish to big pond. And then to, uh, did I say right? From small big fish fi- to small pond? Yeah. Fucking too much of this whiskey. From, and, then go, and then going into small fish and big pond, though, it definitely puts things in perspective. Um, and it also, for me, I felt like, just made me move faster. Like, wait, like, life's just moving fast, and you got to either go with it or you're going to get left behind. I don't know if that's just my anxiety. No, you have always moved fast. Like yeah. Jordan could probably attest to that. But. Yeah. yeah. So, side note, I got uh, some outside information. Okay. And uh, Danny Almonte is an assistant high school baseball coach in New York City. Just, huh. just thought I'd throw okay. that out. He's doing okay. He's yeah. Okay. Hope he's happy. I mean, I hope he's happy. I just want him to be happy. Yeah, as long as he's all. happy, but assistant high school baseball coach from where he was. Yeah. You know, so I just but as long as he's happy. I just want people to be happy. That's <laughs> all. Um, but no, I just think yeah, I think that that's an important part of life. Is you just put yourself in uncomfortable situations, go from being like that that big fish in a small pond to to small fish in a big pond. In a big pond. And and. We've talked about this before, Mike, where like moving out of your hometown or whatever is like, it's like unlocking this like potential that you don't even know that's oh, out there. It's like in like Super Mario Brothers and like the second level or the third level when you could, you, I don't, you could jump up top and you run across the whole world oh, yep. and you dump yourself down. Yep, yep, it's yep. your fucking doing that. Yeah. It's next level. Boom! I'm skipping five levels and going to the next level. That, that's a great analogy. I'm that's glad you exactly that. what it's like. Like it, it, it makes a big difference when you go, like you said, going from being like a big fish in a small pond to going into somewhere where you're, you know, you're not the big fish, you know, and you're just swimming around with all, everybody else. And it's like, all right, I got to find my way again and figure out, you know, how do I stand out amongst all these people? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, for me, like moving back here, like. All the stuff I learned there, I feel like has just allowed me, and I'm sure you can say the same thing with being in Boston, same for you, Sam, is like, I feel like I'm at a whole nother level that like other people around this area can't even get to because they haven't experienced the things that we've experienced. You didn't know how to jump up above the world and run across and then jump down. Nope. Well, it's just the opportunities you're given. So I think of, I could have gone to like a local school for my dietitian education. I don't know if the opportunities I had in Boston prior to coming home would have allowed me to have the same opportunities I would have had here yeah. because those experiences look, I mean, there's way more opportunities in a big city. Absolutely. I mean, and then you're going to now take somebody who lived in a big city and had this whatever job it was and then they come back to a smaller area and they have that experience 
at like a major hospital or something if you're thinking about a dietitian. Mm-hmm. And they're coming home and that gives them an edge. Yeah, I think if you're a high school kid listening, like just fucking go for it. Like you're gonna be scared if you live from New York to go to college in Florida or Virginia or somewhere. But if they just fucking do it, mm-hmm. just do it. It's gonna suck, and you're gonna be scared, and you're gonna be nervous, and you're gonna struggle. But but when you look back, it's like it's those type of things that, that level you up. Yeah, and I mean, you know, when I went to New York, I'll never forget. Like we moved down there, and one of my best friends that was moved down there with me. You want to talk about struggle, kid? Literally, I'll never forget this day. Was working till close, so he got out of work at ten. And he used to like walk around New York City, like just to kind of explore a little bit. Well, his phone died. He's got no money, and has no idea how to get around New York City because we literally just moved there. So he's looking at like a subway map, like it looks like fucking, you know, like the symbols in Transformers. Like that's what it looks like to him. And he's like, needless to say, he doesn't get home till like two or three o'clock in the morning. And like this happened, like not this exact thing, but like he just went through like tough shit for like the first month. Whether it was his phone not working properly, not knowing where to go, going to seven different GNC stores to work at that were all over the city that he had no idea where he was going. And he made it through that. And like, there were countless times I thought he was going home, thought he was going back to Massachusetts, wasn't going to stay in New York City. He ended up staying there. And like, ultimately, like, he's back up here now going to school, but he's going to end up moving back down there. And like he said, it, like, he can't see himself not living in New York City. So, like Mike said, like, if, you feel it's something you should do or you want to take that leap don't be afraid to do it there's going to be struggle there's going to be a you know hard times but you get through those times and like at the end of it all when you see the light at the end of the tunnel take that one step in front of the other the light at the end of the tunnel and it and you'll thank yourself in the end yeah you're just going to be uncomfortable like i remember you used to wake up at four in the morning go work at a gym and then go to school and then go work at a hospital. The grind. The fucking grind. You that just got to grind. awful. <laughs> yeah. I had like three jobs in order to pay the rent before Mike moved out there. And then he was like, you need to quit one of these. Yeah, you're missing No, I, w- I would wake up. I opened up a gym. I worked at like the front desk. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd take literally the first train in the morning uh, downtown and then open the gym and then leave and go to class and then come home, take a nap and then go to the hospital to work. As a hospital. You wish we had that screwdriver on the train sometimes? Probably. I was just going to say that. Like, how, how scary was that? I first? went. <laughs> oh. Well, we talked about a story the other day. Oh, tell me this story. This story is great. It's like a four in the morning classic Yeah, story. I was going to work and um, I got on the train and it was when, so in Boston, the train's above and then it goes under okay. after a certain some point. Of the so you're street level. Some of the trains in New York but Do they that. stop with traffic? Fuck no. Yeah, no, these ones do. And Boston's weird. Absolutely not. (laughs) The tea tea is weird. Yeah, you'd have to like stop like at intersections. They would have lights they'd have to stop at. Cars were like going the other way. It's terrible. Yeah, so anyways, I'm on the train. And this woman gets on and she was clearly homeless and had some stuff going on. But she got on and I was just sitting there and drinking my coffee. And she's like not doing well so she's yelling and then she's like i'm gonna kill the bitch with the coffee mug and i'm like looking around i'm like i'm literally the only one here <laughs> holding so the coffee mug i'm like i'm just gonna sit here i'm just gonna wait <laughs> like i'm that bitch with the coffee mug <laughs> yeah so i just wait and i got off the next stop but it was but, it was fine i mean i've also had like 
men follow me home. It's not, it's like, Mike's like, oh, the screwdriver story is funny, but it's real. I mean, there's a reason why you brought it. Yeah. Like, you didn't bring it for no reason. You've right. been, you've been yeah. through some experiences in life, you know? Yeah. So now we're scaring people from living in the city, but no, just bring a screwdriver with just you. Bring a screwdriver with you. Body system. Remember the body no, system. No, the body system is definitely a thing. Body system's a good thing. Yeah. Follow the body system. Yeah. This is true, man. But no, the grind was real, man. It's like you just you just gotta go through that to get to get to get to that next spot. That was a long time before a pee break. That was. How long were you holding it for? At thirty minutes minimum. Fuck. Okay. Thirty. You we feel, were flowing. You feel better? Oh, I feel way better. I feel better. I could definitely go a lot longer, but we'll we'll just see how it goes. Okay, we're good. You poured another one though. Yeah, we're in there. Sam, you're good over there, locked yeah. and loaded. Mm-hmm. We just ran with it right there. Um, what are you drinking, Sam? I am drinking. Uh, is it called Tow Rope? Tow Rope Gin Ooh. from Schenectady Distillery. You went there. Thirty-six yet? locks. You went there yesterday. Went there yesterday. Um, tasted everything and everything. Most, yeah, no, actually, probably everything. What a night. Did you drive home after that? Yeah, it wasn't. They're like little oh, okay. bitty right. pores. I, just, I didn't know if they gave you like a flight. No, it's yeah. not. Don't, they, don't, drink, was, don't drink and drive. Whoever's listening. No. It was just like a, it wasn't like a whole shot glass. Okay. It's like a little sip okay. in right. each one. Right. And this is our whiskeys from the same place, right? Black Rock? Yeah. Black Rock Bourbon. 30, 36 locks, I think. Schenectady Distillery. We, we looked up, like, it's something to do with boats and stuff, right? The locks that are in New York. Like, okay. Remember we went on the, the Chapel Cruise and well, there's we learned like about a, locks? Uh, yeah. I mean, if you, on, on the bottle <laughs> on the bottle of ours, there's like a little story or whatever. Mike and I were reading it earlier. Yeah. So. It's smooth, though. Yeah. Definitely, it's good. Definitely one of the best bourbons, like, I've had. Like, the first sip I took out, I was like, this is dangerous. No, well, for real, I'm, not- yeah. I made myself a gin martini over here. It's beautiful. Fancy. Over there. <laughs> 007 over there. Yep. <laughs> no, it's no, it's it's delicious though. Wait, what's the what's the thing? The Dutch what? The Dutch oven cruise? The Dutch apple. The Dutch <laughs> apple cruise. <laughs> what's the Dutch apple cruise? You, you went I, on in it. fourth grade. In like fourth we went grade on we... a Dutch apple cruise, <laughs> and like you learned about all the locks and how locks work. Uh, just so the fact that you said Dutch oven. <laughs> Uh, it's very we, intentional. Didn't we do prom? Uh, didn't we do prom on that too? Didn't we do a prom Bodhi thing? We did do a prom. That was your prom. That was your prom. No, my no, prom. that was our prom. That was your prom. <laughs> yeah, I'm fucking. Our, our class was better than a Bodhi prom. Their prom was at Crooked Lake. Our prom was better. No, it was on the that boat. I don't remember the name of the boat. I don't either. Not yeah. the Dutch oven. Though. No, not the Dutch oven or the Dutch <laughs> apple. <laughs> Either way, slip. <laughs> the Dutch oven cruise. It sounds like a terrible cruise. Oh, I don't want to be on that cruise. Shit. We're back though. Hey, one one thing I wanted to touch on though, and like the number of times you would come home from work and just be like, "Ah, oh, fuck! I dealt with this. I dealt with this asshole or this guy." Or I mean, it's real, right? Like mm-hmm. we deal with people who 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 are like that. Um, and just like being a female in like a managerial role, like. Tough, right? Especially with with older people that that you're in charge of. Yeah. Um. My last two positions were management roles where I was over people that were older than me, right? And had more work experience than I did. So it's challenging. Um. One of the ways I felt like I coped with it was I had to gain their respect first. Mm-hmm. So asking them their opinion on things. And then I had to determine for myself, like, okay, is that the best way to do this or not? Right. But at least giving them a voice to instead of just like, this is what we're doing. Right. It's like so much strategy just to 
make one. I always came home and I would say I was managing people's emotions all day. And that's exhausting. Yeah. Like imagine managing your own emotions and then now you're managing 15 people's emotions. I can't manage my own Because they're mad at your boss. (laughs) Right. Not me. They're mad at my boss. Right. And you're just like this middleman. Yeah. Essentially just like shielding both in a way. Right. Right. And like losing a lot of nutrition stuff that you like to do because now like that's not even your primary role. Not anymore. Wait, I'm not uh, in management anymore. Right, now just, I do a, strictly like correct, nutrition. Correct. I'm saying that. Well, like in your old job. Yeah. Right. right, right I did. It it, got, it was a little bit of a mix, my last one. But prior to that, I was in like a community setting. So I, um, and it was for Meals on Wheels. So I oversaw um, like kitchen staff and stuff. That was very different. Right. It doesn't sound like your cup of tea. No. I mean, it's fine. <laughs> it doesn't sound it was like hard. It doesn't sound like you're where you would uh, feel like you could thrive in that right. necessarily setting, like yourself. Like not that you didn't, but like no. That I mean, you it felt, didn't provide me with like the brain stuff that I wanted, or sense of satisfaction of like you left work and you're like, all right, I feel like I fucking did. I something. mean, it was rewarding. Like the okay. job is rewarding because you're essentially like feeding elderly people. Okay, so you felt Me- better about it. Meals on wheels. But as far as the like. Using your brain, nutrition stuff, that wasn't really there yeah. for me, that that job. Right. Okay. You say kitchen staff, you know what I think of right away? John Taffer. Bar rescue. <laughs> yep. I Shut th- it down. I think of the cafeteria lunch ladies, but that's just me. Oh, God bless them, yeah. <laughs> Great ladies. It's awesome. similar to that. It's similar to, like, the cafeteria, like, how you would imagine. It looks like the cafeteria is okay. going away. Right. It's not like a, a restaurant. That's, like, buzzing. Like, there's a lot going on. In uh, that the setting where I am, it's just essentially there's a line and you're like an assembly plopping line. food onto yeah. trays. Right. But did you that that was your high school job, right? Like working in a restaurant, like food. Yeah, service. cafe. Yeah. Is that where you're like I want to be involved with food or no? That was just a high school job. Um, I don't think it hit me that I wanted to work in nutrition until I was in college. Um. And it was because I was like, oh, I always have really liked food. So learning about it on a science level is pretty cool. But I don't think that hit me until like junior, senior year of college. Right. That's the, that's what you want. Because my do. undergrad wasn't in nutrition. It was but, in athletic training. But that's crazy to think about because how many times with the kids that we have here going to school, like they're trying to figure out, oh, I got I to gotta major in this. I got to do. You didn't figure out that that's the path you wanted to go until you were a junior and senior in college yeah, and i had already changed my major right. once and i mean you i talk change. about that all the time with kids in here that you change your major all the time like it's one of those things like i'll never forget one of the girls that just went to college recently like she was sitting there like i gotta i gotta tell them what my major is like for this this program or whatever for like senior night and i'm like just tell them whatever i'm like it doesn't matter what you choose now right i'm like i changed my major two and a half years into college right like I'm tell like, like tell them you run the dutch oven cruise line <laughs> It doesn't fucking matter. You're 17 years yeah, old. Like I, I think I've, I, I am a big believer that almost every kid should go in undecided. Because if you know what you're doing, want to do at 18, great. 90% of kids have no idea what the fuck they want to do at 18 years old. Plus right. your Mike. Mike knew when he was like nine. I don't think I knew. No, I mean, I'll, Mike definitely knew at least when we, I feel like in high school in you high had school. an idea. Well, I like to, I like to work out, like, yeah. but that's how most people in this field get into it. They like to work out. So they go, oh, I'm gonna make that's this my right, I'm make this my career. But then there's levels to this shit too. Like, mm-hmm. okay, I like to work out, but now I need to like to help people and like. Well, and to, that's the that's the bigger thing. 
I, I forget where I saw it today. It's like, if you, actually, you know who I saw it on? Uh, Tony. Shout out Tony Gentlecore. Saw it on his Instagram. It was like, if you want to be in this in, in this industry, like, you have to want to help people more than you want to do anything else. Yeah. And if you don't want to help people, you're never going to survive in this industry. You could be the most jacked person on Instagram or whatever, but in the end, people will see through your bullshit. And that's where, you know, wanting to genuinely help people, which, you know, I believe all of us here want to do. And, and that's why we all got into the industries that we wanted to get into is besides the fact that, you know, you liked working out. I liked working out. You liked food. But we wanted to help people, too. I liked you know? food. I mean, I... 90% of the reason why I started working out was because I like food and I was like, well, if I'm going to eat all this food, I need to do something to uh, counteract that. And, you know, now I've found a balance with the two things and I find a way to enjoy food. I enjoy my workouts all the time for the most part. And, you know, in the grand scheme of things, like when I'm here, like I thoroughly enjoy, like when I get those questions, like of how to help a kid, whether that's not workout related. Right. Like that's, that, those are the questions. Like when I get kids asking me about college and things like that, that's the stuff that I'm like, yes, let's right. fucking talk about this. Right. Right. But that's like, we've talked about balance and enjoyment and like, that's what's about at the end. But sometimes it's, it, you, you, you got to dance on each end of the spectrum to get there. Like you got to be extreme in, in, in this and in how you work out or how you eat. Um, whether it's on the, like just having plain chicken and fucking broccoli and tequila shots. <laughs> if you're Sam. Or on the other end of just eating fucking shit all the time, that at some point you have to realize you got to get back to the middle somewhere. Mm -hmm. um, and most of us are there at some point when we're, you know, for the most part, I'd say most of us eat pretty balanced up until a certain point in our youth. Obviously, our parents have an influence on that, but like, it's, you know, it's pushed on you. Like, I remember the food pyramids and everything like that, whether or not yeah, they're. Yeah, but, that, but that's kind of fucked too. I mean, it, right, it is, but in the grand scheme, it like. Food pyramid? Yeah, just how it's structured, or am I wrong? Am I, am I mean, I wrong? Did, didn't they change it? It's not yeah, a period Yeah, they changed anymore. it to a plate It's now. a plate now. Right, it's a plate, but in, in the grand scheme of things, it did focus on balance. With a yeah, lot of the things. pyramid, I think, was just harder for people to understand sort of thing, so they changed it to a plate because that's what, what you're... What you're looking at is a plate. Looking at. Is that looking like what you said before? It's like protein and veggies and Yeah, the plate kind of looks exactly like that. Right, it's just like that. Yeah. Yeah, my parents didn't. We growing up, they didn't... I don't think they knew. I like... I remember Pizza Hut. Mm-hmm. Lunchables. Lunchables. Kids Cuisine. Shout out Kids Cuisine for the little brownies and the whatever little pizzas and nuggies and stuff. It's a penguin. Yep. On the Toaster strudels. Yeah, we were we were a more Pop-Tart family. I did both. Right. But right, this is extremes. Our families didn't know enough. Right. And now families know too much. And they don't know how to decipher how to, it. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, growing up for me, I would say other than being sent to bed with my glass of sweet iced tea. <laughs> my diet was pretty balanced. We didn't eat out that frequently. Only like on a weekend night would yeah. we go out to eat. And my mom made home-cooked meals. Right. Yeah. And then Thursday nights at my my Nona's. We didn't call her Nona. At my grandma's, we had spaghetti night. Mm -hmm. She put some shit in that pasta, though. The sauce. The salt in the sauce. Not yeah. I'm just saying shit. I'm just saying she put anything in that yeah, sauce. Yeah, she just throw anything in there. Were there ever squirrels in that sauce? At some point. Not when I was growing <laughs> up. When when my dad and them were younger. She threw like squirrel meat in there. Rabbit <laughs> meat. Oh, I mean, shout listen, out Grandma Lassie. Sometimes you got to do what you got to do. You got to get yeah. that protein, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I mean, feel they had like seven kids they're trying to feed and like we're poor so, so you, gotta you gotta do what you gotta, you gotta, gotta do it out. there was no kids cuisine then so you no. go right no. to the squirrels yeah no. 
I mean, I feel like I had a pretty well-balanced meal, but the, I feel like the difference is, like, from now between then, like, I guess you could say it's a good thing. I never, like, my mom never restricted me from anything. Yeah. But I, times I wish she told me, hey, you know, mm-hmm. don't have those fucking Oreo, that whole sleeve of Oreos uh, right now. Now you're kind of sliding down a slippery slope. But So I was going to say, though, is, like, parents need to be mindful of how they talk about their own bodies in front of their kids. Yes. Yeah. Uh, good yes. point. That's, that's definitely something. That's definitely passed on. It's like kids mm-hmm. just imitate, and they may not know what they're doing. If, if you're calling yourself fat in front of your kid, yeah. they're then going to be like, yeah. oh, am I fat? Or if you're grabbing your thigh and being like, oh, look at this yeah. jiggly thing. Like, yeah. And I mean, that wasn't more where I was more going down the, the rabbit hole of like eating a whole fucking box of Oreos like before I went to bed, right. like an entire thing, like not just like, you know, five or six of them like an entire box of Oreos, I probably could have gone without eating the entire box of them. But, you know, my mom never said, oh, you can't have this. You can't have that type of thing. So like, that's one thing like I do appreciate like growing up, like I was never restricted, but I do wish she kind of put like a limit, I guess you could say on how much I could have eaten of the Oreos. I know one of the things. Because I still do that now. Like there's times where I literally eat, like I'm literally just mindless. And yeah. I'm like, all of a sudden, I look uh, down and I've eaten like it's a, 15 Oreos, and I'm like, holy shit! I'm it's like, a lot of there's a lot of mindless eating, right? Like mindless, like binging, probably mm-hmm. mindless eating goes along with that. It's like you're conditioned. Yeah. yeah. You're and conditioned. I do, and now you see parents that are so not restrictive, but they just don't have it in the house. Yeah, then that's it. And then they'll go to uh, after a certain point, you can't control that as much as you did when they were younger. Right. So if they go to a sleepover and so-and-so has Oreos and soda. Right, they're losing their fucking mind. Yeah. Bounce off the fucking walls. Yeah, like, I remember growing up, but this, that can work out, too. Like, we didn't have soda in my house. That's because my parents didn't really drink soda. And I never really drank soda. We had sweet iced tea, but, um, yeah, I never, and still to this day, I'm not a big soda drinker. Right. And I never, like, I don't remember going to parties growing up and being like, I want a soda. Because I wasn't given it, sort of thing. Yeah, I had it like at on special occasions. But. Right. Okay. Go here. Go here quick. Then let's, let's say a parent's listening and they're just like, "Fucking, I want my kid to be gluten free and this and that." Because they read it and they have like information overload. Like we've heard crazy shit in mm-hmm. here. Like, where's the ba- there's a balance of teaching a kid how to eat healthy, but also like if you want to have a snack pack, snack packs rule. You're gonna have snack a snack pack. snack pack. Well, Doyle rules. You're gonna have a snack pack. Right? So, like, I don't know. Where's the balance of, like, teaching good habits versus letting somebody be a kid? So we talked about that with sports last week with Rob in terms of, like, being a kid still, but still developing discipline. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I think you also have to give the child autonomy to make their own decisions. So at a certain point, like, sure, if you don't have soda in your house and you go to a family party and there's soda there and your kid asks you for soda and you say no... It's more about teaching moderation. So you don't want to say no to everything because then that's going to make them want it more. Right. Especially when they're unsupervised. So allow them to have a little bit. Obviously, you should con- they shouldn't chug a whole like liter of soda. And I'm sure they're going to love it. But you have to teach them that, like, okay, we have soda on like special occasions. We don't drink it every day. And you could tell them the health stuff. Like, oh, you're going to – you could have more cavities if you drink – soda or if you get sent to bed with iced tea (laughs) yeah you had a few casualties due to that (laughs) yeah um just things like that you want to expose them to it uh and not make it all about like we don't eat that because it's not healthy 
I mean, it, it all comes down to like moderation and again, the balance side of things, right? Like if you, you can have it, but don't yeah. fucking do me and eat an entire pack of Oreos yeah. in one sitting. It's more about mimicking the behavior too. Like if uh, you want your kid to make healthy choices, you should be showing them what healthy choices look like. I mean, like I saw something the other day about uh, on some, I forget what it was. I don't know if it was a dietitian, but she was walking around with like bell peppers and like chomping on them while she went to talk to her kids while they were doing homework and they don't eat vegetables. And since they saw her munching on a pepper, they were like, oh, can I have some? Yeah. And they eat it only because she had some in her hand and they wanted whatever she had. Mind tricks. Yeah. yeah, that works. That's like, yeah, that's like, that's like my uncle like has like a, a little gym set up in his basement and he'll like run on the treadmill and do push-ups and shit. And so many videos of my little cousins like running on the treadmill and doing push-ups and shit because he's doing them and they're mimicking yeah. and that's, that's what kids do. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I have younger brothers and my one younger brother, like he started working out more because he sees me working out. He sees me, you know, posting my stuff with my Achilles and he's like, fuck. He's like, yeah, like. This is what I want. To, and, and that mimicking thing is definitely, you know, they whether it's a parent, an older sibling or whoever it is, yeah. um, you know, mimic, they, they mimic people that they look up to. Yeah. But you also have to work through your own stuff with food yes, too because, right. yeah, and that can be hard. Like obviously you want your kid to have a good relationship with food, but you should probably fix your relationship with food too. It's the same with athletics. You want your kids to play sports and do well, but you better fix your own relationship with athletics and what that is in your brain. Like mm -hmm. we talk, like you know, kids in seventh grade that we talked about last week, and all of a sudden he, the parent thinks he's playing the sport to guide him to a scholarship. It's like the same shit. It's all a, a lot comes down to the parents. It does comes down just comes down to like whoever the uh, authority figures are right. in their life, whether it's parent, coach, teacher, whoever it is, because you know. It could be the parents, but like maybe that kid isn't influenced by their parents because they don't have a great relationship and they're influenced by their coach or their teacher or whoever it is. So it's just whatever authority figure is in their life that they look up to, you know, making sure like if you're that person and you want to help that person, like you said, have your ducks in a row, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. This is true. Well, we made it through this thing without Sam pulling out her screwdriver. So, yep. I got, <laughs> good, I got right? no, no stab wounds. So I survived. So we're good, man. I'm the closest to her, so we're good. But Probably no, better. Yeah, Sam. Thanks for coming on, chatting nutrition, doing your thing. So we'll uh, we'll pick up next time, guys. Thank you. Over and out. All right, that was good.